and let us be exceedingly glad in it. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us be exceedingly glad in it. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us be exceedingly glad in it. You know what? Being exceedingly glad is a decision. It's a decision of your heart, not a decision of your head. It's a decision of your heart, not a decision of your head. In the name of Jesus. You know, we were singing that song, do it again, you do it again, do it again, you know, and it gets to that one part that says, you know, I see you move, you move the mountain. He said, I, I need you to, to talk to them about that just before you get started with what I, where he told me to go. He says, I only, the mountain only moves when you say something to the mountain. Did y'all miss that part? That was a good place to say amen. The mountain only moves when you say something to the mountain. It did not say when you go to God and talk about the mountain. It says when you speak to the mountain, then the mountain will move. If you've been watching us at any time, good evening. My name is Apostle Milton Jones of Ignite uh, to Life Depot. We're glad you joined us today, man. But he says you got to clarify that. He says, people are waiting on me to move the mountain when I told them, when you say to your mountain, mountain be removed and be thou cast into the sea, then you will see that mountain move. If you keep sitting back on your blessed assurance and don't say anything to that mountain, guess what's going to happen? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He says, prove it. Somebody said, prove it. I, hear, I see you watching. I hear you listening. You said, prove it. He said, just tell, show him this and then move to where I told you to go. Mark chapter 11, Jesus is talking to the disciples. That means they are citizens of the kingdom of God, which means they have the authority and dominion to act just like Jesus. So what did he say to him? He says in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, and Jesus said unto them, have, well, verse 22, have faith, total reliance, total assurance, total dependency in God, or have the God kind of faith. For truly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, what mountain is that? Whatever mountain you're facing. It might be a mountain of debt, might be a mountain of sickness and disease, might be poverty and lack, might be stress in your family. Whoever says to this mountain, and if the reason why you got to go to God to find out, to prayer, is to find out what mountain you are supposed to speak to and what you're supposed to say to the mountain. It did not say go to God, God move that mountain, because God's going to say, well, I'll move it as soon as you as soon as you say what I tell you to say, the mountain will move as soon as you say what to say. He says, say unto this mountain, mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea. It says, whosoever. So that means whoever, who, who is a citizen of the kingdom of God, says unto this mountain, mountain, be taken up and be cast into the sea. And that person does not doubt in his or her heart it didn't say what did it say don't doubt in your heart how do you know if a person is really doubting in their heart or not 
by the words that come out of their mouth. If I want to know if you're in doubt or if you're in faith, I don't have to stand around you for a long time. All I got to do is hang around you long enough to listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth. Just like uh, uh, Chris Tucker said to Jackie Chan in Rush Hour, don't you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? If I want to know where you at, all I got to do is listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth. He says this, don't, he says, if you say to this mountain, mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart, but believes that what he or she says is going to happen, it will be granted to them. Did it say that was what God was going to do or did it say to the person who spoke to the mountain? The person who spoke to the mountain. Whatever the person who spoke to the mountain says to the mountain, that's what's going to happen to the mountain if the person believes in their heart and confesses out of your mouth. Well, how do you do that? I don't even know how to do that. If you are born again, if you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you, are, if you have received, believed on what it is that Jesus has done for you, you know how to operate it because you heard what the word said, you believed it in your heart, so you confessed it out of your mouth. It's the same thing when it comes to your mountain. You got to believe it in your heart and then confess it out of your mouth. But so many people are waiting on God to do everything. He's not going to do anything because he, he's giving you the authority to do something about it. And we're going to talk about that later on today. He also says, he says, and whenever you stand praying, he says, therefore, I say unto you, all things which you desire, all things which you pray and ask, Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, all things which you pray and ask, you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you got to believe. It didn't say do a whole bunch of stuff and then you're going to say, he says, when you stand praying, when you go to prayer or when you're in fellowship with God and you ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted unto you. What did it say that God did? Nothing. It didn't say he did anything. Why is that? Because he says the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Hebrews chapter four says the works were already finished, but it did not benefit the people because it, it was not mixed with faith. They didn't believe it. And he says, it's the same thing that's going on today. People are saying and saying, I'm going to, God's going to do, God's going to do, God's going to do. And God is looking at you. He's like, when you going to say, 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 when you going to operate in the authority I told you to operate in, when you going to operate in the dominion I gave unto you, when are you going to get before me, pray, ask me what I need, what mountain you need to be speaking to and what you need to say to the mountain. People are saying a whole lot of stuff. They ain't got a problem with saying stuff. People are always talking. But the difference is, is are you talking and speaking what the word of God says according to the kingdom of God? And that's not happening. How do you know it's not happening? Well, when I was in prayer with God this week, well, let me, let me make this declaration. We're going to jump right in it. Father, I make this declaration unto you in accordance to your word that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. To preach good tidings unto the meek, and send me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, open to the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. 
and to comfort all who mourn. And to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. <laughs> and they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. Father, I thank you that our preaching and teaching is not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but Father, let it be a demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Have your way. Move up and down each and every aisle. Touch each and every person right now in the name of Jesus all of you and not of me. I decrease that you may increase. May you be glorified, honored, and praised in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, say this, Heavenly Father, right now, I believe you've given me ears to hear. You've given me eyes to see. And my heart is open to receive your word. A rhema word from you, which will change my life forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You may ask, why in the world you have somebody say, give me ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts ready to, to receive the word of God? Because with most people, when they come into church, they come into church with all kind of other stuff going on in their head. Their heart is already guarded because all the other conversations and situations that they have dealt with. So by the time they get to church, that's good, Lord. He says, because by the time they get to me, they give me what's left as opposed to giving me the best. He says a lot of people, when they, when they come to meetings and everything, they don't even come prepared to receive anything. So when they get there, they're wondering why I didn't get anything. The word went forth. He said, he asked the question, but did you prepare your heart to receive the word? It's, your heart is like ground, like a farmer. A farmer in wintertime here in the great frozen tundra, aka known as Ottawa, and the ground is hard. So if you went out there to try to plant seed in that ground right now, you're not going to get a harvest because the, the seed is going to be laying on the top because the ground is so hard, it can't receive seed. But if I took you down to the, to the uh, sunny state of Florida right now, and it's hot, it's warm down there, their ground is warmer. It's more moist. So if you just if you break up the fallow ground and begin to sow a seed in there, guess what's going to happen? You're going to receive a harvest. What's the difference? The type of ground in which the, so the seed is sown into. And unfortunately, a lot of times when people come, have come to ser service, meetings, whatever the case may be, they come with, their, with a heart like the frozen ground out there, and it's hard for them to receive anything, not because the word is not going forth, but because their heart is already guarded with all kind of other stuff that they listen to all week long, all day long, in the name of Jesus. That's why before we, before I come, I, I have just have worship music going. And I wake up in the morning, I'm, I'm going back before the Father. This is what you gave me during the week. Are you sure this is what it is you want me to say? And he might ask something or he'll say, nope, that's what I want you to give. And then when I, but on the way, my heart is open to receive from him, receive from him, receive from him, receive from him, because he could change it at any time. Just like he did at the very beginning with the, with the, 
you are the one who speaks to the mountain if you expect it to move. But he did give me this word earlier during the week when I was in prayer. So he gave it to me. So I'm going to share it with you. And this is what was said. I, I said, Father, what's going on with the church? And this was his response. They've forgotten their mission. And what started off in the spirit is now being dictated by their own flesh and desires camouflaged as works of faith. When the writer pen show me thy faith without thy works and I will show you my faith by my works, people took that out of context, believing when I begin to do works, I'm demonstrating my faith. But without having a rhema word from me, they're not even in faith. Just because you think something is good doesn't mean it's God at all. If it doesn't line up with the original plans and purposes that God had in mind from the foundation of the world. People have become busybodies running from one meeting to another meeting and running from one place to another seeking for that only they can find they can get in prayer with me and that's direction when i give directions it will always line up with my word and in direct correlation with the kingdom of god if it doesn't line up with my word is not in line with my kingdom jesus never acted on his own but only did what he saw his father do and only said what he heard his father say. And he fulfilled all that God sent him here to do. So what makes you any different? Can you accomplish the original plans and purposes of God apart from God showing you the way you should go and giving you the words to say? Can you two walk together except they be agreed can two arrive at the same destination if they have different opinions on how to get there? Can you know the mind of God without spending time with God? Then how can you act on what God said if you're not giving God first place in your life? That's what, he's, that's what he said. So church is doing a lot of stuff. People doing a lot of stuff, running here, running there, doing this, doing that, all that. He says, and they believe that they're operating in faith. And he says, but if they don't have a word from me on it, they're not operating in faith. They're just doing stuff. And, but the, but the, the, but the very beginning of it is what got me when he says, they have forgotten the mission. What did he say? He says, they forgotten their mission and what started off in the spirit is now being dictated by their own flesh. I was like, whoa, praise be unto God. He says, and that's what's going on with the church today. But somebody said, not, not in my house, not up in here, not up in here. That ain't going to be the case. You want to know why? Because we're only going to teach the, the one message that Jesus taught, and he taught the kingdom. Now, what he told me, to, now this is how, where we're going to start off. Uh, Proverbs chapter four, verse seven, I'm reading out an amplified version, talking about how wisdom is the chief 
principle, most important thing, highest above all, wisdom. And in fact, it says in Proverbs 4, 7, it says, the beginning of wisdom is get wisdom, skillful and godly wisdom, not just getting wisdom, but skillful and godly wisdom. For skillful and godly wisdom is the principal, chief, most important thing above all things. And he says, and with all you have gotten, get understanding, our discernment, our comprehension, our interpretation. A lot of people say, I read the Bible, I, this, and, and they run out and start doing a whole bunch of stuff, but they do not have what is called revelation knowledge about what it is they read. It said, that's why you got to be mindful when people quote scripture to you. Just because somebody is quoting scripture with, to you does not mean that they're saying it in the right context. Prime example, Luce, well, Satan, when he tempted Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, he quoted scripture to him. He just, he just quoted it out in the wrong context. He says, he says that wisdom is the pr pr uh, principal thing, most important thing, cheap above all things. He says, but with all you're getting a wisdom, get understanding, get comprehension, because God said in, in Hosea chapter four and six, he says, my people are being destroyed for their lack of knowledge. Because it's not because knowledge is not available to them, but people are making a decision to reject or refuse the knowledge that's been made available to them. God also says, and I will reject you from being my priest. Now, God here is talking about priests because the priests were not teaching the word of God. They was not teaching the, 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 the Torah or the, the statues or the, or the teachings in which God had given to the people at the time. And as a result, people's sin had increased. Guess what? Newsflash is the same thing going on today. But you, we, you don't have the same excuse that they had because at the time it was just the priest, the prophet, and the, and the king. You have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. You can get the Bible, a uh, hearts cover Bible. You can, get, you can get a Bible app. You can go on the internet. All, you have no excuse for not getting the word of God. But, but the difference is, is he expects you to get out the Bible not to listen to somebody else telling you what their interpretation of it is. Even if you listen to me teach the word, you know what I expect you to do? Take the addresses I'm going to give you, go back and read it for yourself and meditate on it so you can be a doer of that word and not a hearer only deceiving your own self. Just because you hear the word does, has, does not mean that you're applying that word to your life. So he's saying, if wisdom is the principal thing, and I'm telling you, get wisdom, and your response is, hey, you're, I got this, I, I'm being destroyed because I don't have any knowledge, not because it's not available to me, but because I'm making the decision, I don't want that, I'm good on that, I got my own truth. If your truth does not match up with the truth, you are deceived. Now, God knew it was so important for you to get wisdom and to get comprehension and to get knowledge and understand it, that Jesus even gave the church after his resurrection, he gave the church gifts. Now, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 says this, and he, talking about Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. He gave those to the church for what reason? For the perfecting or maturing of the saints, so they can do the work of service or work of the ministry 
so that it will build and increase the body of Christ. So if you're like, man, the church doesn't seem like it's being effective. The church doesn't seem like it's growing. The church isn't this. Don't look all around and say something's wrong with this, something's wrong with that. The first thing you need to do is check yourself. Do a, a check up from the neck up. Am I allowing my, am I sitting under the word of God, not just watching it on YouTube or listening to somebody's podcast, but am I listening to the word, sitting under the word of God? Because Hebrews says, don't forsake the assembly yourselves, the, particularly the closer we get to the end. And people are, are missing service and missing meetings for all kinds of reasons. So God is saying, hey, I gave you apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to help perfect you, to mature you up, to grow you up, so you can do the works of service outside the four walls of the building. Because some people won't come to your church until they see the church in you. You are the church. If somebody said, where's the church? You know what I asked them? Where have you been at? They wait on the church to do something. So are we. Where are you at? Who are you with? Who are you rolling with? He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to perfect you or mature you, to grow you up so you can go out and do works of the ministry in your home, in your neighborhood, in your grocery store, uh, walking down the street, talking to the neighbor, walking your dog, whatever the case may be, so that the body of Christ would increase he also says in in jeremiah 3 and 15 he says and i've given you pastors i've given you a pastor everybody needs a pastor i have a pastor everybody needs a pastor now the pastor now yes just because a person shows up at church does not mean that that you have called that per, made that person your pastor What'd you say? Say it again. All right, I'll say it again. Just because you show up at a person's church does not mean that is your pastor. That person is only your pastor if you allow them to mature you to do works of service, so you can edify the body of Christ. To you, you, which means in that there's going to be times of I'm gonna say a swear word. I'm about to say a swear word. Correction. That's what the word is supposed to do, correct. Does not mean your flesh is gonna like it. I don't know nobody who likes to be corrected. I don't necessarily always like to be corrected. I know I need it. I don't always like it, but I, I got two choices. When correction comes, I, I can, man, forget you. Or I can say, you know what, you're right. When I read the word, the word of God, brings correction the word of god will bring correction that's what it's set up to do now if god says wisdom is the principal thing and he says my people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge and he's saying i but i've given you apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers but i specifically gave you pastors to help you to grow up to feed you with knowledge and understanding. With knowledge and understanding. And the very first thing that God started this meeting off with was saying that the 
the reason what's going on with the church is you have forgotten your mission. And you're, you're what started in the spirit is now being dictated by your own flesh and your own desires. So remember that C word I said a minute ago? That's where we're correction. Today, we're going to set you, set you back up on the right course. Now, if you walk out of here or you click off of here or you cut off the YouTube, uh, off the video or click off the podcast before you hear this part, you are not hurting anyone except yourself. Because this is what the father said. In Jesus name. What did Jesus preach? Did Jesus preach grace? Did Jesus preach love? Did he just preach faith? Did he just preach healing? What did Jesus preach? Jesus preached one message. From the time he started his ministry, Jesus preached one message. And the message was this, and I'm quoting Matthew chapter 4, 17. He says, from the time that Jesus began to preach. Did y'all hear that? From the time that Jesus began to preach, Jesus said this, repent, change your mind, change your actions, change your direction. So repent means to change your mind, change your actions, change your directions. Now, when I re if a person repent, why? For the kingdom, the nature, culture, and lifestyle of heavens, rule, ram, and rulership is at hand. So Jesus preached this message from the time he started his ministry, repent, change your mind, change your actions, change your direction, because the rules, the, uh, the, the nature, lifestyle, and culture of heaven is at hand. Then he says in Mark chapter four, verse number one, he's, well, Mark number verse, as you were, Mark chapter one, verse number 14, he says this, he says, now after John the Baptist was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom nature lifestyle and culture of God is at hand repent you and believe have faith in the gospel the good news so what was the good news that Jesus preached that the kingdom of God was at hand. God's nature, culture, and lifestyle was at hand. What is the gospel he told his disciples to go out and preach after he was resurrected? Oh, you want to know what he told him to preach before he went to the cross? And is, this is what he said. And according to Matthew chapter 10, verse number seven, Jesus said to his disciples, the 12 of them, he says, and as you go, preach, saying the kingdom, the nature, lifestyle, and culture of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely you give. So what message did Jesus preach when he was on the earth? The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, change your mind, change your actions, 
change your direction because God's nature and culture and lifestyle is at hand. It's right in front of you right now. Then he told his disciples why he was on earth. This is what I'm sending you out to go do. Then when he was resurrected from the dead, what did he do when he came to his disciples? He said this to them. Now, this, this is when you talk about people cannot see the forest for all the trees in the way. This is what he said to him. He says, in Acts chapter 1, this is after Jesus is resurrected from the, from the dead. Verse 3, this is what he says. To these, he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days, speaking to them concerning the kingdom of God. So before he went to the cross, he preached the kingdom of God. While he was walking on the earth, he preached the kingdom of God. When he resurrected from the dead, he preached the kingdom of God. So why are you preaching something else other than the kingdom of God? Why? Preach simply means to proclaim. So Jesus said to them, and they're talking about why you can't see the forest for all the trees in the way. He says, and gathering to them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the father had promised, which he says, you heard from, of me, from me, for John the Baptist baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. That's what Jesus said to the disciples. I'm still teaching you about the kingdom, but I'm going to give you an X factor that's going to even take you to a, a whole different level. The X factor being the Holy Spirit. And he said, he said, but don't leave here. Don't leave Jerusalem because not many days from now, he's going to come. He's going to, he's going to come upon you. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom of Israel? Can you say they missed the whole message? What did he say he was here to restore? The kingdom of God. What was they focusing on? The kingdom of Israel. He said to me today, he says, what people are doing today is not much different than what they did when I was raised from the dead. I'm talking to them about the kingdom of God. They talking to me about the kingdom of Israel. I'm talking to you about the kingdom of God. You're talking to me about the nation of Canada. I'm talking to you about the kingdom of God. You're talking to me about the United States of America. I'm talking to you about the kingdom of God. And you're talking to me about this place and that place. He says, if everything went the way that you said it is to go today and went back to the way it was before all the stuff has broken out. He says, you know, the one thing that still hadn't been established in your nation, in your city, in your government, in your healthcare, in your, fi in your financial systems, you know the one thing that would still be missing, the kingdom of God, because people are waiting, this is what he said, people are waiting for me to reestablish their kingdom while, and they're not doing the one thing I told them to do from the time I was resurrected, preach the kingdom of God teach the kingdom of God. 
expand it, establish it, train people in. He says, and it's not happening. So if everything happened the way that you say you want your government to be, to go back to this, that, and the other, and have this, that, and the other, but you have not taught people how to operate in the kingdom of God, can I tell you what's going to happen? Not very long after, it's going to go back to the same way it was before. People, he said, people are deceived to think, if I just take this one thing out, and put this one thing back in, then this is what's going hocus pocus. It doesn't work that way. Our responsibility as members of the body of Christ is to teach and preach the kingdom of God in our neighborhoods, in our, in our homes, in our communities, at your doctor's office, at the grocery store. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm expecting revival to break out over it at food land any day now because they always get in the kingdom every time we walk through that line they get in the kingdom the pet value any second now it's gonna happen here any second now why because everywhere you go you teach people kingdom and he also says again so how can two how can two people walk together except they be agreed if God is telling you, I need you to preach the kingdom of God, and you are talking to people, teaching them about the kingdom of your government, or a kingdom of what this politician said, or a kingdom of what that person said, that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. How are you walking in agreement with God? And why, why you're asking yourself, I'm frustrated. And you want to know why you're frustrated? Because you're not doing what it is he said to do. You have what's known, we talked about this before, confirmation bias. Even when you hear information, it's confirmation bias, which simply means you have the tendency to process information by looking for or interpreting information that is consistent with your existing beliefs. So when you're in confirmation bias, you are processing information by looking for, you're intentionally looking for and interpreting information that is consistent with what you already believe. He says people especially like to process information, listen to this part, that supports their own beliefs when the issue is highly important or self-relevant. So how does faith come? I was having this discussion with the, with, the, with the young lady before we got started. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing in accordance to Romans 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing. How does, that, how does doubt come? By hearing. How does deception come? By hearing. How does confusion come? By hearing. So the same principle works regardless of whatever information it is is based off of what it is that you hear so if you hear this if you hear the same person saying the same thing five six ten eleven different videos so you send those videos to somebody else they begin to hear the same information when they come to church 
If the pastor or, or apostle or prophet evangelist is not saying what that other person says because you already have confirmation bias, you know what you'll do when you, even though they're saying the word of God, you know what you'll do? You will discount it because it doesn't line up with what it is you already believe. So you walk out the door, he must have lost his anointing because I didn't get nothing. I, he's already told you why you didn't get anything. Because your heart was not open to receive the instruction he gave. If a prophet, apostle, evangelist, teacher is not teaching you about the kingdom of God and how to operate according to the kingdom of God, they are not doing what it is Jesus told them to do. I said it, and I ain't taking it back. I'm here all day if you want to show up. I'm here all day. If you are not teaching what the, what the Bible said, what Jesus, the same message that Jesus taught, that he taught to the church, told the disciples after he resurrected, people said, well, he only taught that before he went to the cross. He's teaching them the same thing after he was resurrected. So if you're not teaching people that, you are not teaching people the, the Bible. You are not teaching them the gospel. Faith is a part of the Bible, but faith is a part of the kingdom. Grace is in the Bible, but grace is a part of the kingdom. Prosperity is in the Bible, but it's part of the kingdom. The blessing is in the Bible, but it's a part of the kingdom. Deliverance is in the Bible, but it's a part of the kingdom. There's nothing that's apart from the kingdom. If you're not teaching the kingdom, you are not doing what God told you to do. He also told, he told me to tell you, that don't be misled. Don't be misled. He says, because, I'll, because yes, sir, he said, yes, sir, yes, sir. He said, because you are in comp you have confirmation bias, you can easily be misled by people who you place more, more, put more, you put more trust in what somebody else says than what the word of God says. So when somebody comes and challenges you on what it is that that individual says, you can't defend it. You got to go back to them. Can I give you a, can I give you a word? If it's from God. If it's from God and it lines up with his kingdom because you're being taught the kingdom, you should already have a check in your spirit. Yep, that's it. I asked God about prophets one day, why people lean so hard on prophets. You would be surprised what he said. Do y'all want to know what he said? I'll tell you. The reason he said it, some people, in, ooh. Nope. 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 He said, don't be misled. Matthew chapter 24, verse 4 says this Jesus answered him and he says, Be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you and leading you into error. For many will come in and on the strength of my name, appropriating the name which belongs to me, saying, I am the Messiah. And they will mislead many. We got somebody in the city right now, and they're pumping themselves up to be something that they are not. And we you know we were talking about it in our Bible school on Thursday, and the question was asked about this particular person. I'm not going to give him no free airtime on my time, but this is what God said. When the question was asked, 
he says to tell them this, ask the person one question. Is Jesus Lord? Is Jesus Lord? First John chapter four, verse one talks about how, how can you de determine between the spirit of God and the spirit of error? The spirit of error will never will acknowledge Jesus, but they will never call him Lord. It's called a spirit of antichrist. It's not the antichrist, but it's the spirit of antichrist. Jesus said, don't be deceived. He also said in verse number 11, he says, and many prophets are going to rise up and deceive and lead many into error. He's talking about people who are in the body of Christ. People who are not in the body of Christ are already in error. But he's talking about people in the body of Christ are going to be listening to false prophets and they're, they're going to cause all these false prophets going to rise up and they're going to say stuff just like what you would say, just out of context. And I'm going to give you this last part. Oh, if I was to give this message a title, it would be, uh, if you say so. If you say so. If you say so. This is what I believe. If you say so. This is what I think. If you say so. How does faith come by? By hearing. You will believe what you say faster than if I said it to you. It would take me seven times to say it to you. It only take you once to hear it out of your own mouth. And you believe it hook, line, and sneaker, even if it's a lie. Can I tell you about deception? Anybody want to know about deception? Why is it, how, how easily deception is running? Hallelujah. He says this, he says, are you deceived? The difficult thing about deception is that deceived people don't realize they're deceived. The thing about a person who's deceived is they don't even realize that they are deceived. They think they are hearing, speaking, and believing the truth. He said deception is easier to create and to spread today than in Jesus' day. He says, if you want to tell a lie and get many people to believe it, all you have to do is put it on social media. Then keep posting it. Start saying it louder and louder. Use attractive graphics or videos. Appeal to a people's emotions and tell people that everything, everyone agrees with the deception. So if I want to deceive you, all I got to do is put a whole bunch of stuff on video and put a whole bunch of different graphics on it, hyper-sensitize your emotions, get you amped up all in emotions, and tell you that everybody agrees with this lie. But you don't know it's a lie. Do you know the world does that? Do you know people at church do that too? It makes people feel like they are out of touch and alone if they don't go along with it. So 
how can you keep yourself from being deceived? I mean, I don't want to tell you how you got how you've been deceived. I got to also share with you how you can be deceived. How do you keep yourself from being deceived? First, may God's word, uh-oh, priority. Isn't that how we started this song? Wisdom is the principal thing. Chief, most important thing. You've got to reject anything that doesn't agree with God's word, even if it feels good or looks good. If you're the only one you know who holds firm to the truth, don't let go. Second, you got to determine that the most important person in your life is Jesus Christ. Amen. Not your friend, not your brother who goes to church with you, not sister pray right, not, not brother slam down. The most important person in your life has to be Jesus Christ. He says about what Jesus says about you is what matters most, not what some celebrity or connection on social media says. That's it. That's all. Can I tell you, you can walk out of this door today, make a decision. I ain't never going back there no more because they didn't tell me anything I wanted to hear. And guess what's going to happen? you still going to be responsible for whether or not you taught people the kingdom of God or not. He didn't tell you to go out there and preach politics. He didn't tell you to go out there and preach medical reports. He didn't tell you to go out there and preach research papers. He didn't tell you to go out there and preach anything else except one message. The kingdom of God is at hand. Do you want your community to change? Teach people about the kingdom. Do you want your household to change? teach people about how to operate in the kingdom. You want your province to change, teach people about how, how to operate in, in the kingdom. You want your politician to change, stop cursing them and begin to pray that, that God's kingdom come, his will be done, and that their ears and hearts will be open to hear when someone ministers the kingdom of God to them. Can you know what you cannot do? You can't pray and hate and expect to get a result. If you're not praying in love, you might as well keep your mouth shut because you will get no result. You want to know what God looks at? Can I tell you? I'm going to show you this, and this is where we're going to stop at. I'm going to show you what God looks at when you pray. I know you want to find out. Jerry, I'm about to tell you. Don't worry about it, but I got you. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 1 says this. Knowing the Lord said to Samuel, because Samuel's crying over Saul because Saul had been anointed king. But Saul had a problem. Saul disobeyed God. Saul was in pride. Saul was in fear of the people. Saul did not do what God told him to do. Even though he heard clearly what God had told him to do, he still didn't do it. So God says, okay, cool. I'll raise somebody else up there. You don't, don't, don't worry. God, you know what? God's the only person who will let you keep your, who will let you keep showing up for the same job, but he's already fired you from it and, and raised somebody else up. You still showing up. Your, your church door is still open. The lights are still on, but the fire is gone. Because God is raising something else, someone else up. 
So that's just to set the table. Saul had disobeyed God and he was so full of pride, he was deceived to believe that he had done everything God told him to do. And it wasn't until he received correction that he realized that he did not obey God. At first, even when the prophet started talking to him, he would not receive the correction. It's the same thing in the church today. We can clearly see that you are out of the will of God. You are disobeying God. And we might, even, we might come to you once. We might even come to you twice. But can I tell you something? We don't come to you a third time. You want to know why? Because the father says they are not open to receive what it is I'm saying to them through you. So stop talking to them. But you know what we don't do? We don't stop praying for you. No matter what. So Samuel, Saul, Samuel's crying over Saul because God rejected Saul. And this is what God said. He said to Samuel, he said, now the Lord said to Samuel, Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul, seeing I have already rejected him from being king over Israel? Did it say that he rejected him from having a relationship with God? No. Saul would not do it God's way. So God raised somebody else up who would. Can I tell you something? If you are not willing to do it God's way, you know what God to do? You won't fall out of the kingdom, but he'll raise somebody else up to do what you won't do simply because you refuse to do it his way. He also goes on to say, he says, fill your horn with oil and I will send you to Jesse, Bethlehem, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. So he goes on and, and he's, he's going on uh, with the sons and everything and he's looking at him. And this, and verse number six says, he says, and when he entered and looked at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointing is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his height or his stature, for I have rejected him. For God sees not as a man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So you can be going through all the motions and you could have man snowed, but God says, I'm not snowed by it because when man is looking at you, they're looking at what they can see. When I'm looking at you, I'm looking at your heart, your heart motive for why you're saying what you're saying, your heart motive for why you're doing what you're doing. And if your heart motive does not line up with his kingdom motive, his kingdom intent, you won't see the things that he promised you, even though they were made available to you from the foundation of the world. So what is it that you're saying out of your mouth? Are you talking about the kingdom of God? Or are you talking about the kingdom of Canada? Are you talking about the healing power of God through the kingdom of God? Or are you talking about the, the, the medicine or, or the fact that you, you don't agree with the mandate? Are you talking about the kingdom of God uh, and that you're submitted to God and whatever God tells you to do and you're going to walk in love with your neighbor just like God loves you? Or are you pushing back against 
the very institution that God set up for you to help mature you by refusing to follow the rules in the house. Whose kingdom are you representing? Because if you're not doing it God's way, according to the kingdom of God, you are not operating in the kingdom of God. Jesus preached one message, the kingdom of God. So the question again is, what do you say? And what I would say to you is, if you say so, this is what I think. If you say so, this is what I believe. If you say so, do you agree with me? No, I just agree you said it. Does not mean I agree with it at all. Because if what you said did not line up with his word or line up with his kingdom, line up with his kingdom, that's what we're mandated to preach because that's the only message Jesus preached. He said born again one time. And why did he say born again that one time? Because you can't even enter into the kingdom of God without first being born again. That was the one time he said it. The only reason why he said it is you cannot even enter into the kingdom of God without being first born again. And how do you get born again, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question because it's as simple as we said at the very beginning. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10 says, the word of God is not even in our mouth and in our heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that he raised him, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, healed, delivered, born again. And the moment you are born again, you enter into the kingdom of God. All the benefits that are in the kingdom of God automatically become yours. It's just like when you go, through, if you're an immigrant and you go through the immigration process to become a permanent resident and then become a citizen. The moment that you become a citizen of whatever nation you're in, that moment you have all the rights and privileges and benefits of being a citizen of that country. How much more? when you become a citizen of the kingdom of God. And as simple as receiving Jesus, your Lord and Savior. So pray this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ, he's the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, save me now. I repent of sin right now. I accept your offer of forgiveness. I receive your love right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, I want to welcome you to the kingdom, welcome you to right relationship with God, welcome you back into right position. What do you do right now? Now that you've been born again, now, now that you're in the kingdom, well, you got to learn about how do I operate according to the kingdom of God? Well, I believe Ignite to Life is a perfect place for you to come, fellowship with us, and learn, grow in how to operate according to the kingdom of God. If you're online and you're too far away and you can't get here at five o'clock on Saturday, man, cut us on on YouTube and our Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and you'll be able to watch us there. Or 
if you if hey you're working or whatever case and you can't be on live when we're going live man catch the podcast at ignite to life that's ignite the number two ignite to life podcast and you can catch up on the message today and all the other messages that have been over the last few years now what you what i'm telling you what don't do don't walk out of the house or don't cut this off and say that was a good message for somebody else but that message is not for me if you are born again that message is directly to you that message is directly to you. So on behalf of Ignite to Life, uh, Minister Juin and myself and the entire Ignite Nation, we want to thank you for joining us this evening. We'll see you bright eyed and bushy tail next Saturday at 5 p.m. with your hearts ready to receive, your eyes open to receive, your ears open to receive a rhema word from God that will ultimately change your life forever. God bless you. Have a great week. Bye-bye.